It's the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast, Episode 17, Circle Pits Are for Classrooms. Everybody hardcore games. All right, good morning, crew. Welcome to the show. Maybe it's the afternoon, evening. You're probably not commuting because we've been uh, on quarantine and homeschooling for, for a while now. And, you know, if you're like Josh, your school year just ended yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I am Mike, principal extraordinaire out of Lansing, Illinois. And I'm Josh Buckley, a social studies teacher from Mesa, Arizona. We want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. So here's what we want to do. We want to get our classrooms to be like a punk show, right? Classrooms and schools, we want to bring passion, we want to bring unity, and we want to bring that DIY to schools. Yeah, you don't need to be a punk or listen to punk rock to uh, have that punk mindset to your schools, because honestly, right now, we're, we're all kind of growing our hair out for uh, you know, hair, Headbangers Ball with uh, the quarantine <laughs> and barbershops closed, so we can all be punks here at the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. Yeah, I, I, I posted up, like, I, maybe I'm going to grow my Glenn, my Glenn Danzig hair. You that's, did. That's I like what that, I, That's what I might do. <laughs> your, your long hair looks better than mine. You know what the sad thing is, though, Josh? My yeah. wife my wife is an ex hairstylist. Um, so she still does it out of a, you know, she, she'll cut my hair out of the house and people are like, doesn't your wife do your hair? I'm like, yeah, but she just, the fact of her wanting to sit down for 15 minutes to do it, she doesn't want it. So, <laughs> so it's, it's just, your, your hair grows better than mine. My, I have to, I have to wear a hat. I was at the board meeting the other night and I got a text from one of the teachers, like, take your hat off my, you don't want to see this hair. Man. It's, <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> that's that's wonderful a barber shops open back up here in arizona i just haven't been to the barber yet because it's a process my right. son needs to go with me we have to set up our appointments all that stuff but anyways ladies and gentlemen we want to uh, talk about uh, what our big topic for today and our, our episode today <clears throat> our episode today is circle pits are for classrooms mike i need you to tell everybody what a circle pit is. So a lot of people, regardless if you were into aggressive music when you were growing up, kind of know what a pit is. You know, a lot of people kind of pushing each other, moving around, going every direction. Um, you know, some, some people get turned off and scared by it. Some don't, but a circle pit is a little different. A circle pit is when everybody, not everyone in the place, but everyone who wants to be a part of the pit, starts running in a circle. And from my experience, it's usually counterclockwise. And you'll have hundreds of people just kind of in a circle running the same direction as the band's up there playing. Um, it's actually a pretty cool sight when you, if you kind of like, if you, you Google it or YouTube it, you know, a circle pit, it's, it's actually a pretty amazing sight to see hundreds of people just running in a circle in the same direction you'd think it'd be chaotic and it somewhat is, but it's not. There's like this controlled kind of chaos to it. And you and I have talked and kind of the beauty, we've both been in circle, many circle pits growing up, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of fun and expression and just release through that process. And right. we've talked about how it's the perfect thing to bring that kind of circle pit ideology mentality into our classrooms uh, for our students and, and for our educators. 
Right. This idea of like everybody's moving in unison. I was at a show in, uh, oh man, was it was at Cornerstone Fest. No Innocent Victim was playing a giant tent show, right? This huge tent show. Yeah. And it was the biggest circle pit I have ever seen. It was gigantic and just shirting the whole, the whole tent into this giant circle pit that all of a sudden, then once the beat dropped, right? Once, once you hit that chug, everybody flew into the pit, right? So nice. this really awesome experience of like the shared thing that everybody in that room got to be a part of. And I think, Mike, you know, you, you mentioned it, like this is something that we've talked about just really briefly, this idea of like, this idea of, of a circle pit is perfect for classrooms and schools, yes. right? It, we talk about the idea of we want students to be engaged, right? Engagement doesn't necessarily mean that you're bouncing off the walls. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're running in a giant circle in your room, but we can't be afraid of letting our students be active in their learning, right? Exactly. You know, you know, making kids stay in one spot and learning only happens in these desks and, and so on and so forth. That's stifling sometimes. And so we talk about this idea of like when, when we're looking, you can ask principals what they're looking for when they go into a classroom and they will ultimately say, I want engagement. Right. right? <laughs> That's what I say. You know, right. When, right. When like, teachers ask me. What do you, well, what are you looking for when you come in? I engagement, right? And right. you think about what is more engaging at a punk show or at a hardcore show than this circle pit where everybody is a part of it, right? Right. Whether you're on the outside of the pit kind of like observing or like keeping those elbows up to you know push people back into the circle right. or you're full on running around or if you are the band who's orchestrating what this looks like, everybody's in that moment together. And it's this organized chaos. And for me, that's the type of classroom I love. I love, 100%. Being, I love being able to tell my kids, all right, guys, this is what we're working on. Here's how it's going to work. Do this and get them into it, right? I will do times when, you know, my students will do, uh, in my econ classes, I do a lot of like um, activities, kind of learn how to do stuff. And, and one I do is, is called the Pearl Exchange where my students are in opposite sides of the classroom. Some of them are sellers and some of them are buyers where they're buying and selling pearls, but they're actually okay. like cheap, they're cheap beads, right? And it's how we learn. Oh, you, some, mean, you mean you didn't bring pearls in for your high school? No, no, no. <laughs> so, you know, like cheap necklace beads that you buy at Michael's right. and, and essentially like they have to buy and sell them. My classroom becomes a trading floor where cool. they haggle over prices and then I manipulate the market to mess with the price, right? right? So I can make, I can show them how I can make the price of pearls go up. I can make the price go down. Look, I could have them sit in a desk and just draw a bunch of graphs, right? Right. Or we could get up and be a part of something and get in the learning and engage it and see what that looks like. And for me, that's the key piece of what we need in classrooms. That's, that's how I want my classroom. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't times when we read and we work in small groups or we, you know, we have small discussions. But that doesn't change the fact that it's, it's, it's active engagement. Motion somehow you know, you think of like those Kagan strategies where you tell people like, get up, hand up, pair up, right? We probably won't be doing that when we get back right away in the fall. We probably won't be telling kids to like high five each other. But you think about the idea of getting kids up and moving, that gets the brain going, that gets that body going and getting them into it. So like Mike, for you, 
why do you think we need circle pits in classrooms and schools? For me, I just, I've never, personally, I've never been good at just sitting still, sitting at a desk, you know, uh, and then my own son who has extreme ADHD, same for him. For if you, to, to ask, you know, an 11-year-old, a 12-year-old, to, you're going to sit here for five hours right. while I kind of tell you what to do and we're going to do worksheets. Like, we've seen it. Like, things are different today's day and age. Like, it, that, that type of teaching doesn't work anymore. I mean, kids don't know what commercials are because everything's DVR'd or Netflix or Hulu'd. And they just, if, if there is a commercial, it's 20 seconds, then you're back to the episode. So, you know, same with music. Like they don't know what it is to put a cassette in and you want to find <laughs> that to hit song. Rewind. <laughs> right. And then hopefully you stop it at the right spat. You spent three, four minutes trying to get the track right at the beginning. So, I mean, now they can just go on to Spotify and boom, yeah. here's your song. So in today's age, like there's so much like that instant kind of gratification and there's, there's just the, uh, you know, movement. And then you could look at the opposite side too. So many kids are focus when they come home where it's they sit down with a video game and they're playing you know Fortnite for hours now granted there's a lot of benefits to, to video games as well you know i mean it, talking communicating collaborating but we need to like you said get the brain moving get up i know for me when i'm getting up moving standing you know it's a more focused and engaged like it keeps me you know awake like when we have our our admin meetings you can ask the team, you can ask my superintendent, how many times do I get up to go to the restroom or refill my coffee or get that? Like, and that's part of it. It's not because I want more coffee. Like it's, I just need to kind of get up and constantly be moving. So for me, you know, I've seen when I go into classrooms and it kind of comes from my background when I was a teacher, like we were always up and moving around. Like kids would be sitting on the floors, on my counters, underneath desks, like wherever they were comfortable to get up and work, we did that. So when I go into my classrooms at our school, you know, there's those times when, yes, they're going to be sitting at a desk, listening to the teacher, doing independent work. Right. And it's just like at a show, man, like in between songs, the band kind of needs to take a breath and everyone kind of simmers in the crowd and the band will give a little spiel or, you know, tell a joke or kind of give a background of the song or, you know, if they're like a political, like anti-flags going to send out a mess, send out their, yeah. their message between, between uh, songs. Um, and that's okay for classrooms like that too. But if, if it's like that all the time, can you imagine going to a show when you just stood there listening to a band talk the whole time? Like it, it <laughs> you would never go see them again. Right. No, so that's right. How our kids are like our kids don't want to just sit in a desk listening to a teacher just kind of tell them what to do. So, you know, the best learning is when you're up and collaborating and working with other people, um, you know, getting your, getting your hands dirty, I guess, if you want to say it like that, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's not, not every lesson has to lend itself to that, but that definitely should be taking place in the classrooms, you know, more frequently than not. Right. You think like I'm a secondary teacher, right? So my kids go from a 52 minute class to a 52 minute class to a 52 minute class. If the only time you're moving is to walk from one class to the other, and then you just sit down and you have a worksheet slid in front of you for, for 52 minutes. And that's what you're doing. Again, that doesn't mean that there aren't times I tell my kids in my classroom, like, Today's a day where we got to buckle down and we're going to, we're going to dive into this. Right. We're going to learn right. this. 
But I always tell my kids, I'm like, you know what that means? It means tomorrow we get to do the dumb fun stuff, right? Like right. today, today we're going to, we're going to buckle down. We're going to learn this idea. We're going to figure out this concept, but then tomorrow we're going to make the U S budget with Skittles and you're going to compare your budget with all your neighbors. We're going to learn what the actual budget of the U S is and you know, do it that way. Or I tell my kids like today's, you know, like we got to learn about how to do what GDP is today so that tomorrow we can use Play-Doh and build stuff and your country is going to make goods with, with Play-Doh and, right. and all these different things. And that's a part of it. Like, I think we have to be honest with our kids too and, and talk about like, yep, today's, today's kind of the day where we're going to do this nose to the grindstone, but we're going to hit that pit tomorrow, right? We're going to, we're going to run in that pit. And I think Mike, you know, we've talked about this really briefly before about this idea of like, when you fall down in a pit, what happens? And I think that that mentality is going to be, is, is key for school. So you've been in pits before when you fall down in that pit, what happens? Yeah, it's, it's actually really interesting. I'll never forget the very first time I got into a circle pit was, uh, Rancid had Let's Go, their second album had just come out. They were playing, no, I'm sorry, Out Come the Wolves had just come out, so their third album. And uh, 88 Fingers Louie opened up for them. So, you know, we'd gone, we got there just in time to see 88 Fingers Louie. And then Rancid gets on, and uh, I had never been in a pit before yet, you know. The shows I had seen before this were kind of like, you know, big kind of stadium shows. Like, you know, I saw like Sepultura and uh, Biohazard and Pantera, like we were in seats. So we're here at this small venue, seeing Rancid play. And uh, my buddy was like, hey, well, let's go in the pit. So I was like, all right. And then you know, it, it actually turned into a circle pit. And I remember I started to, you know, I kind of tripped on my shoe or whatever. And I started to fall. And I had like this this fear come over me like, right. Oh my God, I am going to get <laughs> trampled by these skinheads and their doc Martins that are right behind me. And you know, to my, it, it was this amazing thing where there were some more skinheads kind of standing, like you said, you know, holding their elbows out kind of. And let's be clear. The these are, these are not the Nazi skinheads. There's, Correct. This, there's these, this weird, right, this right. weird punk rock movement where it was like to to anti skinheads also shaved right. their heads very weird right. they were yes. the, yeah they they were the sharps you know the skinheads <laughs> against racial prejudice so yeah they weren't the the nazi kind but you know they kind of i started to fall you know and i'm what like 14 15 16 not even yeah i was probably 15 i started to fall and i'm thinking this is it i'm going <laughs> to die at a rancid show and then these this these guys on the perimeter just like literally catch me and then the people behind me kind of grabbed, came behind me and kind of like put their arms underneath me. And I was kind of like just being carried by them for a few feet until I can get my, my feet going yeah. again. And then you just continued with it. And you know, that's exactly what schools need. You know, we have to have that kind of all in mentality. And you talked about that when you were kind of explaining the circle pit, even the people on the perimeter who aren't in the pit, are part of it because they're kind of protecting, like I said, the perimeter, the outskirts, and they're looking out for each other. In schools, we need to look out for everybody. We got to look out for right. our teachers, our custodians, our students, our families. And if someone falls, we don't just keep trudging on with what we want to do. We don't just keep going with the music in the pit and, and you know, the, the momentum. We need to kind of grab them, support them, and then when it's safe, we put them back down and 
then they go on their own, you know, and that's, and like I said, that's true for, for the teachers. That's true for students. I mean, cause we see it all the time. We see staff struggle, right. Have those days where it's just all my, like, you know, you could, you could just look at an educator in a building and know if they're having one of those days. Some people are better, better faking it than others, but for the most part, I know because I've been called out, you know, you can just kind of look if, especially if you've been with them for years, I've right. been with, with our staff for six years now, you just kind of know. So it's like, how can I help you out? What do we need to do? Same with the kids. I mean, I take kids all the time because I can just look at a student. And I say, come here, let's just go for a walk. And we'll go sit on a bench secluded from everyone else and just listen to them and talk and figure out what's going on. Or you're struggling with this assignment. If I go into a classroom and they're up and they're in small groups and I can tell the one kid's just kind of sitting there by themselves and everyone else is doing the work. Well, come on, what, what's the problem? Why aren't, oh, they're not listening to me. Well, you know, it's our job to kind of facilitate those conversations right. and bring them back in. Right. And you, you think about this idea, you know, this idea of like lifting each other up when we fall, right? Like it's, it's, it's that key thing. And I've seen it happen in circle pits. I've seen it happen in like literal hardcore dance pits, right? Where someone gets knocked down and you, you, you hoist someone back up to get yep. back into it and you help them through it. And so we think about it as teachers, not only do we want to like be the people who can come in and give those supports to students who need them, whether that's tier one, tier two, you know, and then the kids who definitely need that, that tier three system where right. we're going to carry them along in the circle pit for, you know, just a little longer than we did than we would another kid. The, the big key thing is like, we also need to, to like show our kids like that's part of the responsibility of learning. Yes we learn not only when we put our nose in the book, but we learn when we go to our neighbor and we go, Hey man, did you get this? Right. right? Like, what do you think about this? Let's talk about this, right? The insight that you get when you help each other out is way deeper than if you just dive into it yourself. Right. right? Like we are social creatures. And if, if we can do anything, it should really be to help each other out, and, and especially at schools. And you said it, that staff, those students, whoever it is, and we have to be willing, everybody has to be willing to pick everybody else up. Right. Even if it's, right. Not, even if it's not my kid, right? Exactly. And that's one of the things, too, and I know our, our campus has come so far because it's our kids, regardless of who their teacher is, what grade level they are, I mean, we have that all in mentality and it's not, it's not uncommon to see a fourth grade teacher. If they see a kindergartner struggling or coming down the hall, throwing a tantrum to say, Hey, why don't you let them come in my room for a little bit? And just, and right. So many of our teachers do that. I mean, my nurse, you know, it's not uncommon for her to hear a radio call and be like, Hey, I'll come get that kid. And she'll, she'll go and you'll see her sitting on the floor with them, talking to them in the hallway. She doesn't need to do that. You know, that's, she needs to give the medication and when the kids bump their head on the playground, cause that happens 50 times a day because <laughs> they still don't understand they can't stand up underneath the tunnel. Um, <laughs> but like, it's that all in mentality. Yeah. Like, Hey, look, I'm here for you. Like I said, regardless of what your role is um, or your title is in the school. Right. It's an idea of like collective action. The circle pit is collective movement. And I've been at shows where you're right. The circle pit always goes in one direction, but have you ever been to one where someone yells switch? And then the circle yeah. pit, the circle pit all goes the other way. And everybody knows, okay, 
Now we move, right? We right. change the way we're doing this. And I think that's something that when we talk about schools and we talk about this idea of circle pits or in our classroom, it comes down to the idea of collective action. This idea that we're all in this together, like you said, whether it's the cafeteria worker or your bus driver or your IA or your classroom teacher, your social worker, your counselor, your nurse, whoever it is, we are all in this together. And that really comes down to building that mission and that goal together as a staff. Right. Or if you're a teacher, setting that up in your classroom. Why are we here? How many times, like as, as teachers, sometimes I think we just need to start the year and go like, all right, guys, why are we in this class? What do you want to, I mean, I teach, again, I teach secondary kids, so I can have a little different conversation sometimes right. with my kids. And I can ask them, all right, guys, this is government class. What do you want to know? What do you want to learn? What are you hoping to get out of this? Here's what I hope I get out of you know, here's what I hope you get out of it. Let's, let's come up with a collective vision and goal together and then hold each other accountable for it. Right. That's yeah. And, and that's the thing too. Like even at the elementary, like it's a little different because you can have those conversations. Like when I taught um, junior high, we had those, those types of conversations in fourth, fifth, third grade, even they can have those. Um, but I think it's important. You know, I love when a classroom teacher when you walk in and there's the first day, there's no rules or expectations posted because I think it's so important that the kids, that's their room just as much as it's your, the right, they're going to build room. it together, right? Let's build it together. What expectations do we have? Like what, do, what are, what are the norms, you know, as we call it in our PL, PLC meetings, what norms are we going to have for this classroom? And when the kids have that ownership, because they realize it's not just you telling us what to do day in day out. Like this is just as much ours. They're going to take more ownership And those classrooms, Josh, that I know the kids have had more input and say into those classroom expectations. And I call them expectations. I, I hate calling them rules because it's just right. kind of got that negative connotation to it. Yeah. You have less behavior issues and there's more engagement that I've found in those types of rooms than when, you come in day one and the teacher's like, all right, here's what we're doing this year. Here's what I expect. Right. You know, putting the right. hammer down. But, but yeah, lay down the law. And I think, like I said, it's this idea of like the circle pit is we're all moving together. We all have a goal. We all have this thing that we're doing together. And then when we fall, we don't let that kid or that person just fall by the wayside and get trampled. So that comes to like, if a kid, you know, goes against an expectation or doesn't meet an expectation. You don't just kick that kid out of the pit and say, right. sorry, dude, what you do is right. you, you pick them back up, you show them how it works and you get them back into the movement. Exactly. And that's what I think we need to make sure we're doing. And sometimes it's not easy, right? No, it's, it's difficult. It this, could be very hard. Right? This isn't to say that like, look, have I been kicked in the back of the head in a pit? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that isn't going to stop me from not participating in something that is ultimately awesome. Right. Right. And it's not going to stop me from getting people to join in and be a part of it. Right. So like, I think that that's that key piece of this. And, you know, as we, as we wrap up this conversation on, on this idea of classrooms, like, you know, circle pits are for classrooms. This idea of like, again, we talked about this idea of like, we want that active engagement, organized chaos, students up and moving. If we fall down, we pick each other up. We're all in this together. That collective action that we see in a circle pit being translated over to schools. 
That's why we have this idea, this vision that, that, that schools can be like a punk show, that your classroom can be like a punk show. Does it have to be the pit every day? No, no. Some days, some days you're, you're, uh, you're listening to that emo band and you're just all, <laughs> you're, you've got, you turn the shoegaze on and you're, and you're all reading Charlotte's Web together, right? right Whatever right. it is. But other days you, you, like, you get up and you turn the music on and, and, you, and, you, and you make it happen. And you can think about everybody at a school has a role to play in that pit. Sometimes the students are the band. Sometimes the teacher's the band. Sometimes the teacher's the pit, right? Sometimes the teacher's on the perimeter. Sometimes the teacher's leading the circle. However it works, we all have a role to play, but we have to realize that we don't always have to play the same role in the pit. Right. You know? Right. Definitely. Yeah, man. So, Mike, we got some big, we got some news. We got some news coming. We do. So yeah. um, this, you know, this is the part where we usually will kind of go through our slow chat questions. Um, but instead, we want to share some exciting news. So we have finally launched, it's in the early stages, but it is up and live, our punkrockclassrooms.com website. And the beauty of it is everything punk rock classrooms related is going to be at the website. So you want to, to access the uh, episodes, there it is. We're going to have blogs up there. We're going to have a link to our where you can make stuff. And speaking of merchandise, in honor of this episode, we are launching our Circle Pit t-shirt today. You got to have one. Well, <laughs> we're saying today, but by the time you hear this, it'll already be up there. So we're launching that. But the website's going to give you, you know, you're not going to have to go here for the episode, here for our merch, go to here for our blogs. You know, we're put, we're going to house it all in the one spot. We've got some exciting uh, ideas for the future. Um, you know, check it out and you know, just, it's going to keep growing. So I don't know if you want to add anything about the website. Yeah. You know, I, th I think it's just going to be a place where you can find what punk rock classrooms is about, right? Like that'll be your place to go look for stuff. We're still going to house our, you're still going to be able to get the podcast on all the apps that you go, that you listen to right. your podcast on. But if you want to see the show notes and I would tell you, you're listening to the episode right now, you want to find out what's our intro and outro music. What are the guys, you know, what, what does that look like? How can I go? What are those bands? What's that song? You can go find it there. Uh, a little bit of information about where you can find some other stuff is all in the show notes. You can go check them out. Uh, you'll be able to comment on the, on the episode, be able to comment on the blogs that we have up. So again, it's www.punkrockclassrooms.com. It is live. It's a little bare bones right now, uh, but it's going to grow. And we, you know, we're excited to kind of move this next piece along about what we're doing. So That's next right. episode, next episode, I'm, we're on this kind of we're on this tangent where we're kind of talking about all these pieces of a punk show. Uh, you know, at the circle pit one, I love the conversation today. Next week, we're talking about gang vocals. I am yep. excited to bring the conversation in of lifting up student voices, lifting up educator voices, because your voice is powerful. And we want to talk about that. We want to talk about this concept in punk rock and hardcore about gang vocals. And so we hope that you'll, you'll, you'll find us on that next episode, our next full length episode. So two weeks from now, uh, but you can follow us on Twitter at punk classrooms. You can follow us on Instagram at punk classrooms. You can follow Mike on Twitter and Instagram at EduChef Earnshaw. And you can follow me on both of those as well at, at Josh R. Buckley. So you can find us on each of those platforms. Uh, and guys, it's so, it's just, it's so good to have you with us. I love it. 
Yeah, we, we need everyone here to make the show, and we're, we're glad you're part of it. That's um, right. So until the next episode, when we talk about, um, well, the next episode, I'll be doing either reflection or a collaboration. Um, so you'll be surprised when that comes out. But uh, follow our hashtag, Punk Rock Classrooms, to be a part of, you know, everything we talk about. And you can, we'll have some slow chats coming out. You know, we did a, somewhat of a slow chat last night um, where, we, where we asked, you know, because Josh, you had your seniors graduate last night. Yeah, my virtually. seniors graduated virtually last night. Yeah. And so you kind of, we kind of threw out the question, well, what, if you were to graduate high school again, what would your graduation song be? And uh, I, that was kind of a lot of fun. I love seeing some of the, some of the, um, yeah, uh, Chuck, the comments. Chuck Moss, yeah. Chuck Moss picked uh man of war. Yes. So, so metal. Uh, we had, you know, some, we had uh, Steve Knucklehead, I think. What did he put? Oh, he, oh, he put, put um, I Like Your Mom by the Bouncing yeah, Souls. <laughs> some Bouncing <laughs> Souls. Uh, it was Adam Kodos put. Uh, oh, he had a Dropkick. Yeah, Dropkick drop Murphy. Uh, there, was, there was some good stuff on there. Uh, Elijah Carbajal put some red jumpsuit apparatus, I think. Yeah, I didn't even, I forgot about that band, man. Yeah. For <laughs> until me, I saw his. For my song, my song was Band Geek Mafia by uh, Voodoo nice. Skulls because I, yes. I was the drum major junior and senior year and I was in band from fourth grade to 12th grade. So that, that would be my, let me walk. If they let you like pick your song as you walk across the stage, that's what, that's what it would have been. It would have been, that would have been mine. What yeah, was yours, Mike? I went with uh, Graduation Day by Head Automatica. And it right. not because not because it's just that title, but the the lyrics kind of, you know, one of the things he says, like, you know, we take back everything we said about you. And it made me think about when you're in high school and there's all these cliques and, you know, you know, I, those are the jocks and these are the skaters and whatever. It's funny because, you know, growing up, they always told you, oh, it's not going to matter. When you're older, it's not going to matter what you belong to. Um, and it, as you get older, it's so true. Like, I, I mean, I can run into somebody who I did not get along with. I mean, we even got in a fist fight, you know, on the playground in grade <laughs> school. But you would think we were best friends at this point because it's just like, you know, you, you grow up and you learn. So I don't know. I kind of thought about that. It's like a good message for our kids. But um, I like speaking that. of music, okay. yeah, what, what have you been listening to, Josh, this week? You know, this has been, this is, and again, we've talked about this, like being on quarantine means that I'm not driving as much. So I'm not listening right, to as much right. stuff. Uh, but, you know, uh, last night uh, there's an artist and this is not punk rock. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go against the grain here. Last night I was listening to Micah P. Hinson, uh, sort of a gravelly voiced, acoustic folky I don't know it's got a little bit of a punk edge to it and I was listening to it and then I was like "Ooh, I really like that song so I recorded like a quick 40 second cover of it and put it on Instagram yeah. last night uh I Micah P Hinson is a is a is a rad artist that I, I really enjoy his album so that's what I've been listening to that was what I was listening to last night and it's like one of those like it's dark acoustic folk I don't know how else you would say it but that that's what I that's would cool I like yeah, it what have you been listening to Ah, uh, less a lot of less than Jake. I, I was going to say got, that's been your running soundtrack. Is some less yeah. than Jake, man. You know, it was about a week ago. Um, I had to paint our kitchen again. The and the see. Well, no, I had to paint the actual walls, and I threw on. Uh, I listened to Pezcore Losing Streak and Hello oh. Rock. You right in a row, all three. Like it's and I it's like being in a time machine. You got it was. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot how good it was. And just real quick, I'll never forget. Um. I think it might've been the first time I saw less than Jake, maybe the second time, but do you know who opened up for them? Who opened up for them? Blink 182. 
Whoa. Less Than Jake was the headliner, <laughs> and Blink-182 was the opening act. It was I, very bizarre. I saw Less Than Jake at a second floor venue, and the floor was bouncing because everybody nice. was pogoing, and the floor was just flexing, and the band had to stop everybody, and they had to go like, no, you, you, we can't <laughs> jump anymore. The people, like, the owners think that the floor is going to collapse, and, like, funny. everybody's going to die, so stop jumping. I don't remember who opened for him though, but that was a, it was, uh, it was before Hello Rockview. It was like a tour between Losing Streak and Hello Rockview. Yeah. Uh, but that was, that was a, a rad show. I was like, I was like a sardine and you could, there was times where your feet wouldn't touch the floor, right? Like, oh, cause there's crazy. so many people at the show. It was, it was good times. <laughs> Very cool. All right, so everybody, we want to thank you for tuning in and listening. If you follow us uh, on, on iTunes or on Spotify, follow the podcast, give it a review, let us know what you think. Uh, tell your friends about us. Tell your grandma about us, right? Maybe your grandma's a teacher. She might want to listen. She's a little punk rock. Let her, let her know about it. If you, let, your, let your punk rock librarian know about the punk rock classrooms podcast Definitely. i was i thought someone shared it and i can't remember the name and i feel really bad that i'm saying this but i can't remember the name but someone said that they put this in their newsletter to their department uh oh to, yeah to share the podcast and i was like oh that's so freaking rad that's so that that, is, that's awesome that that touches that, that touches my punk rock heart <laughs> yeah that meant a lot to us that was awesome right like it's that it's that you know put it in the zine and let everybody know we, we love right. it so guys thanks right. for thanks for tuning in and uh go to the website punkrockclassrooms.com and Mike and I will see you at the show. At the show. That was a good one. That was a good one, man. That was good.